1: In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com recommend today.
0: Last year's draft a little bit, and I hope we get into both of those things in our few
2: minutes with Brad.
0: Over here, Brad, in the land of the NFL playoffs, guess what we're talking about every minute? Weather.
2: Yeah, yeah, one of a couple games this weekend, Matt. It sounds like they're not going to move or, or don't have plans to as of yet, but... Uh, it's it's going to be interesting how the teams play around the conditions cuz it's going to impact a passing game no question.
0: Do you have any do you happen to have any no pun intended hot takes on what should happen in situations like this? I mean, I guess especially Kansas City, but maybe also Buffalo. There was some degree of certainty that this weekend set up pretty pretty awful awfully for for weather um, I mean, is it just what it is and these games have to go on as scheduled or should the league be more proactive? Anything uh, from you on maybe what could be different?
2: Yeah, my perspective on this has certainly changed because of personal experience. So I, I'm from Chicago. I'm a Bears fan, and, and Bears fans love to say this is bear weather. And I think you realize over time this is weather that helps when you've never had a good quarterback in the history of your franchise. So um, I, that's what I think weather is for. So, yeah, No, I, I do think at a certain point, I mean, like. Ah, you should move it all the time. But if it gets to a point where, in Kansas City in particular, where it's borderline dangerous to have fans in the building, where the players on the sideline are going to have to be you know, heating up on all these things, you probably should explore it. But my bigger take is, no, I think playing in a dome in good conditions where the talent can shine, where the best players can win, I think that's pretty cool. I, 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 I'm on board with that.
0: <laughs> yeah, it sounds, like a, sounds like a good idea.
3: Meanwhile, we're building a new stadium across the street from the old stadium that doesn't have a roof, so, you know, whatever. But that yeah. that, that doesn't solve the logistics of getting people in and out of there anyway, and that's maybe the bigger issue uh, that, that we'll be facing here. So, um, yeah, I don't know. And, and you just said it. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's weather for a team that doesn't have a good quarterback. You know, we were talking earlier here, Brad, like the Bills' advantage on both sides of the ball, I feel like pass defense is better than run defense, and their passing game, as much as they've made strides in running the ball this year, it's still, you know, you've got Josh Allen as quarterback and you've got this receiving core led by Steph Diggs. Like that's my advantage, and I'm playing a team with a third-string quarterback that has a, you know, an image and a history of just playing smash mouth, so it's – um I don't know. We're, I'm a little freaked out, I guess, about all of it put together here.
2: No, I, I think it's entirely fair. It does narrow the gap and, and shrink the talent disparity in particular, like you said, where the Steelers' front four is still elite, even without T.J. Watt. It, frankly, is a very good unit. But their secondary and their linebacker core, you know, especially once you consider the injuries they've sustained this season – Probably one of the few teams that have had a worse rash of injury luck in the back seven than Buffalo. I mean, their secondary is beyond depleted. Their linebacker core is beyond depleted. But if that matter is less because of the conditions, yeah, it does skew in their favor. And they have a pretty solid run game. I know Najee Harris back in practice now. They run well between the tackles in particular, um, you know, which per our data, it's easier to run against Buffalo between the tackles than it is on the edge, uh, which I think you know aligns with kind of just the talent they have at both spots. Love it Oliver, but he likes to get upfield and create some explosive uh, plays, splash plays against the run. But if you get behind him, you, you can find a gap. So long answer short, yeah, it, the, the weather does not really skew in Buffalo's favor here.
0: Brad, one more question from me on this game to you is just what have you made of the Bills shift offensively, really drawing a line at the change in offensive coordinator from Ken Dorsey to Joe Brady? Uh, Because I think generalizing in terms of analytics, that's a lot of people I follow, and they're not so impressed with the Bills becoming run heavy. It's always been our Bills, it seems, in analytics with how um, passing-oriented they've been, and that's shifted but they've also been winning what have you made of all of it
2: yeah i think at a high level that sometimes you can lose the forest for the trees a little bit to where you can make minus ev or put this in more layman's terms, you like know, you can make a decision that in a singularity in a vacuum might be might have a negative expected value but overall it actually leads to a positive by that i mean you, know, you run the ball more and on that play it doesn't go particularly well uh, you know, let's say, okay, the average, they get three yards. You think, oh, Josh Allen could have gotten seven yards if they pass the ball. But, you know, some of the cliches and mantras we hear from coaching probably are overdone. But at the end of the day, it is inherently true that if you run the ball, it's probably going to get you uh, some lighter box uh, or uh, some some heavier box counts and fewer deep safeties and better passing looks. So, it does kind of fluctuate, but but I would say overall it is kind of funny. Um, you know that it's been viewed as like oh Joe Brady fixed the Bills' offense because they went five and one, when pretty much any underlying metric would tell you the offense was more efficient on a play to play basis before. Um, but but I also think some of these specific moves he's done, like moving James Cook out, like putting him in the slot, putting him out wide using his skill set, in my opinion, more effectively, there's been some good. I think realistically the best way to put it is it hasn't been that drastic of a change. Um, He definitely should lean on this passing game at times. uh, But also, you know, you can't always look at every single individual play. Um, You know, for all we know, a shot play that Josh Allen hit was because the defense saw a certain look, played it as though it was going to be a run, when historically that would never have been the case against Buffalo, um, and that led to a positive in the passing game.
0: Yeah, good point. With Brad Spielberger here on WGR. Well, massive news this week in uh, the coaching realm. Bill Belichick will be coaching somewhere else, it seems, next year. Gerard Mayo just inherits the position. I'm not sure a lot of people knew. I think I had heard. I know I had heard that he was sort of expected to someday replace Belichick, but it was actually written in his contract. Is, is that a new one, Brad, for somebody for an assistant to have that in
2: writing? It's interesting. So, so what happened with Jim Mora um, uh, in Seattle, probably twenty something years ago? Uh, there's another example that I'm blanking on now. It has happened a couple times, but I was a bit taken aback, a bit surprised by it. Um, you know, I wasn't aware that it was something you could contractually write into a deal, and you know, effectively circumvent the Rooney Rule. And I'm, I'm not sure the Rooney Rule existed when those you know, example, the Jim Mora and whatever other example I'm forgetting now. You know, when those things happened, I'm not even sure if that rule existed, and I find that fascinating if you know it's a loophole that could be exploited i would say i do in general though i like it at a high level the concept of it because i do think gerard mayo probably would have been coached by a different team over the last couple of years he's held in very high regard he's a really good coach if you want to you know at a very simple level they've gotten more out of their linebacker talent than probably you know most units across the nfl and that was his job was being the you know inside linebackers coach so there's been a lot of good there. I like the idea of, hey, let these teams build these guys up, prepare them for the job. Um, but, yeah, that, that kind of took me aback, and, and it's interesting just because, you know, obviously they're, they're picking third overall for a reason, um, you know, and I wonder that some of the rumors about the GM candidates are all a bunch of retread Patriots. Like, if that didn't work with Bill, is it going to work with somebody else?
3: And Bill goes where? It, one of the existing openings, or could there be a team that's even playing this weekend? <clears throat> Dallas, for example, if they were to lose, uh, maybe Jerry Jones goes big and goes tracks down Bill Belichick. Do you agree? Like Mike said, it matter of factly, I agree with him. He it looks like he's going to coach. Where 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 makes the most sense to you?
2: Yeah, I think Atlanta of the ones that are open now, Atlanta is is the favorite for sure. Um, that's been being reported even before you know he got fired and and before now. Some of the national names have mentioned Atlanta. Some of the local beat in, in New England was already kind of, you know, uh, banging that drum a little bit. The ones that are, you know, like you said, Dallas, I think is possible if they lose in the first round. Uh, I do think Mike McCarthy is is potentially out there. Uh, it was funny a couple of weeks ago. Uh, someone asked Jerry Jones about his status, and he was like, "We'll take it each playoff game at a time." <laughs> like it was, and this was like right after clinched the division, so it was like, I mean, that's you know, so. Um, and then I wonder about it seems crazy to me they literally just played in a Super Bowl but I don't know a lot of stuff going on in Philadelphia maybe they're a possibility as well right Um, quickly Brad Mike Vrabel where does
0: where does he end up do you think
2: I wonder now that New England's filled I wonder if Carolina probably they, they want to go offense so badly they've made that very very clear they want an offensive head coach but I wonder if In the game of musical chairs, they just kind of miss out on their favorite targets. I think Ben Johnson is going to go to Washington uh, once this Detroit run is done. I know that's Carolina's preferred option. And maybe they say, you know what, look, we do think that we want this offensive head coach that can tap into a Bryce Young and get more out of him, but we can't really pass up the opportunity to have a guy that can come in, be a floor raiser, establish a culture, get a ton of the existing talent. There is talent on this defensive side of the ball that maybe he can get more out of. I wonder if maybe that's where he ends up because it's hard for me to think of another gig besides Carolina at this point for Vrabel. I think he mentioned he might take a year off. (laughs) Maybe he will uh, because that obviously, you know, that's one of the least attractive openings I can remember in a long time.
3: One that seems kind of attractive, other than, the, other than their reputation for always letting their fans down and just not coming through, uh, it's really just about having a quarterback in place, the Chargers. Like, what, and, they, and that organization, still the same family ownership, maybe has a certain reputation for not being able to get the biggest fish into the boat. Um, what do you think the Chargers end up doing?
2: I think they are the leader in the Jim Harbaugh sweepstakes, and I think that's kind of what's holding things up there. Um, you know, has the California connection? It, it kind of had a similar situation going to San Francisco. Uh, like people forget that that stadium used to be the most emptiest stadium in the league, and there was not a lot of you know ground full of support. It was an older roster that it was a lot of bloated contracts, kind of very akin uh, to this situation now. So I think that is is possible there, and if not, then I think I, you could see um, you know maybe a Mike McDonald. I know they just had a defensive head coach, but just an extremely, extremely talented, young, energetic, motivated coach. Uh, Bring him in, you know, bring along Justin Herbert. I think he would do a good job um, of finding coordinators around him as well. So I do think Harbaugh is is kind of the first domino. And if not, then I think they get into, you know, kind of the Mike McDonald conversation.
0: One more for you, Brad. So I just realized today on Twitter that Caleb Williams – USC's quarterback, possible, maybe likely, first overall pick, has not declared for the draft yet. I wonder if you think that that's meaningful. Have you analyzed that at all to have an, an opinion, an idea of why,
2: what Williams is waiting for or anything of the sort? Yeah, so I remember last year, CJ Stroud actually didn't, uh, didn't declare until the 16th of January, so even a couple days from now. Um, I have heard there, there was a report today from Kalen Callow. you're probably referring to, of the athletic I've heard individually that he's not planning on hiring an agent, so so I can I don't know confirm, but I've heard the same thing about him not hiring an agent. I really don't think rookie contract players need agents. Frankly, I mean it can help, and there there is language that that, that can be you know, but that can protect them. It it is a good thing to have, but I think he'll have a legal team that can cover a rookie deal. For a second deal, you probably should have an agent, but but anyway. Um, I, I think he's gonna declare. I'm not too worried about it yet. I'm a Bears fan, so yeah, I'm a, I'm a little worried. But no, I, I think I think he'll declare. I, I think it's gonna happen.
0: Do you expect the Bears to trade Fields? I know there's a lot of support for him there. It seems like the the right, you know, it's
2: cold, but it seems like the right move to me. Maybe to you, do you think it is do cold? It? it is. Yeah, it is cold because they gave him the worst situation ever. But but I just don't see how they could not trade him and take a quarterback at, at one. It just it just doesn't really compute to me.
0: Back to your, they've never had a great one uh, point that we started with. I, I think. <laughs> yep. Uh, thank you, Brad. Enjoy Wild Card Weekend. You do You do the same. Thank you, guys. Brad Spielberger of PFF. He's probably going to be all warm wherever he is. Chicago, you know, indoors. <laughs> well, yeah,
3: indoors, yeah. Chicago is nice. already, they're already, like, I, I, I woke up to airports closed. Yes. <laughs> Hundreds of flights. Uh, Chicago, I mean, huge hub, obviously. I tend to, I, it's funny, I asked the question about the Chargers, and I'd heard that about Harbaugh too, um, you know, within the last few days. And I, but as I'm asking, I'm not even, I tend to forget about Harbaugh. I tend to, I tend to forget about the college coaches. You know, I'm more thinking about the up and coming coordinators and that, and that field. And then, you know, of course, the big name guys who've just, you know, recently left or were fired from their jobs, like Vrabel, like Belichick. Um, Harbaugh going to the Chargers is, um, yeah that's that's pretty hot i
0: guess guess so football friday on wgr presented by tops markets score big savings and elevate your food game lines are open for the rest of the hour 8030550 wanting to talk about the conditions sunday the bill's chances against the steelers uh you know what that's of course where we are here did you read ross tucker who graded every NFL coach on their performance this year. Did you happen to see that? I
3: did not see that today. No.
0: Okay. So, like how I'll ask you sometimes to guess the line, which you're great at, guess, having spoken to Ross throughout the year, what grade he gave Sean McDermott. Are these letter grades? Letter grades. I'll give you some uh, frame of reference here. I'm doing this from memory. I believe he gave Kevin Stefanski, who I think will be coach of the year, at A plus. Okay. And he gave the Carolina coaches and maybe Brandon Staley F minuses. So oh. you know that's pretty. Yeah, okay. that's the range. You know, that's, that's our that's range. range. All right. Nobody well, got an A plus plus.
3: I know. I'm also considering where in his mind. I don't know if he how much he would have taken this into account, but I would bet some, knowing him like we do from talking to him every week. Uh, he had McDermott rated very low to start the season. Like in the 20s, I remember uh, him referencing. I don't remember. The 24 is in my head, but it doesn't need to be right. Whatever. It's low for a a guy that's been as successful uh, that got a lot of attention when he put that list out before the season. Uh, So the starting point was pretty bad. But the job McDermott's done, the injuries, riding the ship after the Philadelphia game—I know Ross was hot, like a lot of us were—about uh, McDermott's performance in that Eagles loss. But he's done a great job with the defense. I'm—I'm—I'm going to say he gave McDermott a B
0: plus. Correct. Got any questions for me? That's correct. B plus uh, was—I guessed B. I played the game alone,
3: just
0: in a, <laughs> alone in my bedroom this morning, sadly. Just me sitting, you know, not even dressed yet, uh, playing a game with myself called What Grade Did Ross Tucker Give? Boy, Sean you Dermot
3: really know how to paint a picture. This season. Yes. I
0: mean, just the crust in my eyes. I hadn't even sort of washed my face, anything. The teeth were not brushed. I I guessed B. And so you, you win, B+. plus. You know, here's what's interesting. We're talking about the wind and the snow and – everything else here and what what's happened with mcdermott at least you know as as we talk about the bills every day as you know if you have been with us this season through what thanksgiving philadelphia right that's the Mm -hmm. last loss has been a rough ride for him culminating peaking in the tyler dunn piece which was i think embarrassing to him some of the things that that came out there And so a lot of this year has been critical – fans have been critical of McDermott after losses for usually this one thing, which was encapsulated in Philly with kneeling to end regulation time, uh, calling the timeouts, you know, these sort of the, the, the granular kind of decisions that, you know, you might say have helped the Bills lose close games, big games. Well, they have won five straight, and a few of them were fairly close. Uh, it was, as it happens, the next game the Bills played, it was Kansas City's big mistake that helped save the Bills on that amazing lateral touchdown that didn't count because Kadarius Toney was a step offside. The Bills are not in the playoffs if the Chiefs win that game, and everything else happens the same way. Like They're, they're not even in the playoffs. And what are we doing then? Right? It's like they would have had to play it out still with a chance all the way to week mm-hmm. 18. These games really weren't that big. And why not they in the playoffs because of this? This thing is gets the most, got the most blame for their losses. And that really is embodied by McDermott. So, I just wonder if that isn't still like right there beneath the surface waiting to come up if they lose at any point. I think...
3: My guess is that it is. I think I I said something to that effect one of these days this week that you were off. um, That my, my, and it's not describing me. Like, I, you know, if it needed to be clarified, I don't think it does to you, but to our audience, I I, I did say, like, you know, I, I, um, we talked a lot about that Tyler Dunn piece. We had Tyler Dunn on. I respected the reporting and, um, you know, appreciated that the team rallied around him and that they've done a great job to the wire here my sense is and is not describing me like I'm not just waiting to have it in for McDermott but I feel like the fans that were there even before I got there like peaking like you said after that Philly game I mean I was really hot about the ice the kicker and burn timeouts and now I got a kneel and all that stuff Um, I feel like a certain kind of fan is just waiting to see how this ends, and then they're going to be right back out there with the same, like, you know. Because, it, you know, that's just how – I think that's just how it goes. Um, the goal is to win the Super Bowl, and if they fall short, it's a it's a very it's, – it's not even fair, really, but I think that's where he is, and my sense would be we'll hear a lot of that. Um, and you might even hear it from in here, you know, depending on how it turns out. Um, but I I, I I think it's – it is it is definitely my opinion. You put it very well. Under the surface, I think absolutely. I think anyone who loves the Bills isn't going to be complaining about these results the last five weeks. I mean, they've won these games. Sure, maybe they were short on style points, but people aren't calling us to complain about him while the team is nailing down the two seed. But I think as soon as a wrong turn comes up, and I don't know, how. I, I'm not here to tell you that that's exactly fair. Uh, I think a lot of folks are just waiting to pounce. Yeah, that's
0: my sense. Well, again, like you said, we'll we'll see what happens. If they win, they win. If they don't, why not? And the point generally has been too conservative in these big spots. You've got a Steeler team where, like a lot of their games, the Bills are a big favorite, even with the forecast. They're still a a 9.5-point favorite as we speak here today. And... In these kind of games, they have often just played it pretty safe. That's run versus pass. That's fourth down. There was a fourth down decision we didn't spend much, if any, time on in Miami uh, on their own 35. Yeah. Where the offense stayed on the field and, you know, they converted and they won the game. And there was another one at
3: the end they didn't convert on. But they went for two fourth
0: downs on that drive.
3: Yeah. That's the same drive? yeah, Yeah. Same drive. Yeah.
0: So um, that should be included in the discussion. Mm-hmm. But are the Steelers a team where we're going to punt on fourth and short? It's bad out here, and we'll win anyway. You know, play His version, many coaches' version, I think, maybe of playing the odds, the way announcers talk when they talk about fourth and short being a gamble, when actually the odds' favorite, it's the opposite of a gamble. You're the house. If you're 65% or whatever to gain a yard on fourth down play, you're not the guy at the table – Doubling down on his, you know, his ten or whatever, you're the house, so uh, that didn't really work because you always want to double down on on tens, pretty much, bulldog. You know that. It's eleven, I mean, eleven, mm. you don't even have a. There's not even a conversation. You're totally doubling down on eleven. Are you, are you a guy who splits? Uh, do you do you split eights? What uh, what are your, some of your no? Black, I, black I'm uh,
3: I'm most, my move is um it's uh, I don't know if you're familiar with the phrasing splitting hairs.
0: That's my move. Splitting hairs. Not You won't split eights, but you will split hairs. Yep. I see. 803, 0550. We'll have the update here. And then Sal joins us at 5. We'd love to talk to some fans about this game and the fact that it very well might be played in a blizzard. Uh, not even pejoratively, like an actual blizzard. So uh, here we go. Welcome to the playoffs, I guess. Mike Schopen, the Bulldog. It is Football Friday on WGR. We'll be back in a snap, brought to you by Snapdragon Apples, the official apple of the Buffalo Bills.
1: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget.